Hello and welcome to Reincarnation Past Lives Revisited. Today I'm doing something a little bit different and to help demonstrate my thoughts I've had a chat with Sally N about her attempts to research her daughter's memories. But before we go any further I'd like to thank Raphael Crux for allowing us to use his music from the freepd.com public domain music site. So for those of you who've listened to all of my episodes you'll know that as well as having a fascination with reincarnation I'm also a true crime junkie. One of my favourite podcasts that I like listening to is a true crime podcast by Billy Jensen and Paul Holes called The Murder Squad, in which they discuss cold cases and information about unidentified murder victims, or Jane and John Doe's, as they are called. The Murder Squad have had some really good successes with gaining more information about cold cases, solving a few cases, and assisting in the identification of unidentified murder victims by asking their listeners to consider the information and see if they can provide any further insights or facts that they may know about the case that may bring new evidence or information to light. So far, they've solved at least one murder and have identified quite a few unidentified victims of serial killers. One day I was listening to the episodes as I was cooking the dinner and an intriguing thought popped into my head. What if I employed the same technique towards unsolved or unproven reincarnation cases? So, to demonstrate what I mean, let's have a listen to an interview I recorded recently with Sally, who was trying to investigate the memories of her little daughter. I must apologise in advance as I've had a few sound issues when recording this episode, but although the reverb seems to have been on my side of the recording and is annoying, I think it's still pretty clear to listen to, so apologies for that. So today I'd like to welcome Sally to the show. Sally and I met on the Reincarnation Forum when she came in to talk about comments her little daughter was making that seemed to point to a past life. So welcome Sally and thanks so much for joining me. Hello. No problem. Thank you for asking me. Oh, my pleasure. It's such an interesting story. So you were saying that your little daughter started just making some interesting comments or? Yeah, it was just when she started to talk, she started to um, talk about another family and other names. And um, as she talked more, we, we initially thought, oh, it's something that she's been doing in school or nursery. Um, and as she spoke more, this these same names kept coming out and the story was being repeated with with more details added spoke to her teacher it wasn't anything she was doing at school and we, we me and my husband just got to the point where we're like yeah we need to take this a bit more seriously and look into it it's pretty trippy when kids start talking like that isn't it definitely like, I think definitely very <laughs> difficult to kind of handle in a way because you find yourself asking how do you know that information like <laughs> yeah you know definitely she talks about um, her lighthouse family, she calls them. Um, she said her mum was called Elise, her dad was called Theo, uh, one of her brothers was also called Theo, and her other brother was called George. And these names are repeated and repeated. Um, she says that they lived in a lighthouse, um, and at some point the lighthouse was destroyed and rebuilt. Um, and then she talks about um, big pointers that came from the sky and she said and then she died and then she came into my tummy and then she was my baby. Wow, isn't that amazing? That's incredible. It is amazing. Yeah, this is just, I find it really interesting because of a couple of points. For a start, it's unusual for a little girl to sort of think of, of the father Theo and the 
the brother, the little boy, Theo. Like you'd think yeah. that kids would pick, if they were making it up, a different yeah. thing for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I. That's one of the things that I found quite strange about it, that um, she picked the, the two names. Oh, she said her name was Lily. That's right. So, and the mother was Elise, yeah. wasn't it? Elise, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, but another interesting thing is she'd, she'd been speaking about this for a little while and we went on holiday to France um, just over a year ago. Uh, well, it was a year ago last May um, when they have a week off school for Whitsun Week. Um, and we were driving out of the port. Well, it was a channel tunnel, you know, the train. We're driving out of the channel tunnel sort of compound and she saw a French flag and she said, that's the flag that was on my lighthouse. Wow, that's amazing. Had she seen a French flag before? No, not well, not that I know to. I, I don't think she would have seen one anywhere here, but yeah, yeah she said that's that's uh, that's what was on my last. We went to Greece um, later on in the year, and I showed her a, a lighthouse in Greece um, that was just a plain sort of brown concrete lighthouse. And I said, Oh, look, I said, Is that your lighthouse? And she went, No, that's not like my lighthouse. So she knows what her, in her head what her lighthouse is looks like but and it wasn't that one <laughs> we actually posted some photos of the two that we thought might be possible because they were two yes. that were destroyed and you yeah. mentioned that she did react a little bit to one of them she did she pointed some to one of them um and, and sort of said that's where her bedroom was and that's where um her mom and dad slept so oh so she actually did kind of um recognize yes, did I post a video? You did. She, you did. Yes. Which yeah. was really interesting because in the video she kind of said, uh, you know, that that the kids all slept downstairs. But she yes. also said something too. She said, um, under the under the balcony or something. So she sort of knew the interior workings of it as well. Like yeah. I mean, it, it was quite interesting. And she said her parents slept upstairs. Yeah, and then I think you asked her, "Why did they sleep upstairs?" Because that's unusual. Yes. Yeah, and she said uh, because there was no other room. I was interested that that was the only place that uh, that that had room for them to sleep, kind of thing. You know, you don't think of kids thinking of things in that way, like no. You know, that, this is the the very strange thing about it all. The the details are not. If you were going to write a story about a family that lived in a lighthouse. As you said, they'd all have different names. There's the details about where people slept. Children think if you live in a house that you sleep upstairs, don't they? They, they don't think that people sleep on... It's all very, very odd in, yeah. in that way, yeah. Has she um, ever talked about the time in the middle of when she died and then came back to you? No, she's never ever talked about about that. She just says, and then I died, and then um, I, I was your baby. I came into your tummy, and I was your baby. A few weeks ago, she mentioned that her brother... I said, well, where, where are your brothers then? She said, they went into other people's tummies in other countries. Wow. As, as much as... Um, but she's not sad. She's not, she's not sad about her other family or misses them. I, I said... Do you miss them? I did say once, do you miss them? And she says, no, I'm your baby now. So there's no sort of pain or anything or, you know, regret that she's not, not with them anymore. Right. Which I find quite comforting because I think 
if, if you were reincarnated and you weren't with the people in this life that you love, it'd be awful. But obviously it doesn't work like that and you don't feel like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, you, yeah. you, you, you remember it, if the people that do remember it, but it's not with sadness and, and missing people, which I think is quite a comforting thought actually. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually glad for her that she kind of feels yeah. that way. There have been other people who have had quite a feeling of being, uh, wanting to catch up with their family. There's a, there's a famous American case of a boy called Ryan Hammonds, and he, he, was, he used to sometimes cry at oh. night, like for like half an hour, saying, I'm homesick, I want to go home, I want to go home. Oh. Yeah, and Jenny, Jenny Cockle is another famous English one, actually, and she, she remembered dying as a young woman from childbirth. And she'd left behind eight kids, and it, uh, she, was, she kept the memories all her life and ended up yeah. going and finding the family. So it's a really wow. interesting case, actually. Yeah, yeah because they, when they caught up, they said, "You definitely have my mother's memories." So, you know, it was quite interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. I really hope to find something out. Um, yeah, well, that's that's why I thought it might be good to do this and see if we can actually get the facts of what she remembered, because she remembers some sort yeah. of things that people mm. might have records in their family tree. People are interested in genealogy these days, and then you get yeah, a lot of people yeah. interested in history. Yeah. So with a little bit of luck, we might find somebody who knows something about. So the lighthouse she sort of really pinged on then was Plumanche, wasn't it? The, yes, yes. The French That was the one. one with, yeah, with the housing was on the side of it, wasn't it? The original one, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you said she said it was destroyed, do you get the feeling that she died when it was destroyed or do you... I don't know because she said it was rebuilt. So if that was the occasion where she died, um, she wouldn't remember. I wouldn't have thought she would remember it being rebuilt. So to me, I wonder if there may have been a storm or something. I don't know, or even well, it could have been destroyed anyhow. But um, for her to remember it being rebuilt, kids who have the memories do actually have knowledge sometimes of things that happened afterwards because right. they saw it on the other side like when they yeah. died yeah well they were waiting almost yeah um yeah. They were, it's quite trippy to think of it but they're actually aware of a bit like her saying that her brothers went into her other mother's tummies yeah they, yeah. they kind yeah. of have that, knowledge that was, yeah so it could be that it was rebuilt after the incident with the pointers from the sky, which is, well, I didn't know. At first I thought perhaps lightning, but then I thought, well, I wonder if it was um, in the war and it was, um, uh, you know, bombs being dropped or, or something mm. like that. I mean. I was thinking bombs. Originally I was thinking maybe she was talking planes, but I reckon if you think about it, what looks more like an arrow, because she said it was like arrows. Yeah, like arrows. Yeah. Yeah. I think it probably sounds more like bombs, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Because the arrows, um, that's this year that she's said about the, that they look like arrows. Before that, she said pointers, which okay. she might she might not have known what the word, like, you know, bow and arrow. She might not have known the word for arrows before, so just called them pointers because that's what they were pointy in her head, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But to me, 
describe them as arrows. That does to me sound more like bombs than, than lightning. Yeah. She would she would know what lightning is now, so she she would have a word for it. So to me, the same as you, I think perhaps more more like bombs or planes or planes, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well we'll we'll put it out there on the in the ether and see what people yeah. come up with. And see. and so we know that she was in a lighthouse. A lighthouse, we know it was France, we know that there's um Elise, Theo, the brother Theo, Lily and George. So it's a family of five. Um did she has she ever mentioned an age or given you an idea of how old she was when No, and I have asked her things like that. If if you push too much with that, she she stops talking about it. It's um you yes. sort of have to sort of wait till she's in in a mood or she starts talking about it herself. Yeah. Um if if you sort of say, Oh, tell me about this, she'll go, I can't remember and she'll just Stonewall. She up. won't say a word about it yet. That's a common thing when these kids are talking right. about it. A lot of them are like that, where it's almost like they feel like they shouldn't be talking about it, or I don't know whether mm. it's that or whether. I mean, I've tried to look back and I think if I had a reaction at any time that's that's made a um, want to come or provide, but I've always been quite oh yeah, and, you know, and, and listening. And, then, yeah. and what happened then? I've never sort of been like ooh, or been showed any sort of feeling of being you know worried or concerned about what she's saying but she does and it's that's really I found that really interesting that other, other children do that as well they just sort of clam up when when you try to press them a little bit about it it's um but no she's never she's never said an age I, I did once say were you old and she said no it sounds to me from what she's saying that she was a little girl I would assume yeah um if she's got young brothers I'm sort of seeing more of a young family I would yeah, yeah so yeah so it is a common thing with the kids just if um if ever you wanted to try and encourage more apparently if you talk to the kids when they're in a drowsy state you know like if they're right. they're in the bath or if they're just yeah. before just before bed or just when they wake up in the morning you know how kids get into that kind yeah of half awake half asleep I might go and try her when she first wakes up in the morning, you know, because her and her brother share a, a bedroom and at night they, they're just bouncing off each other. <laughs> 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 Sometimes uh, I'm, I'm asleep before they are. And <laughs> you can hear them yeah. chattering away to each other. So um, I might, he, gets, he tends to get up early and she lies in bed a little bit. So I might go and try that some point. The hard part about having a child who has these memories is how do you then research it you can't afford to fly to France and no you know. I, I did I did briefly look into it um I did G, uh, French you know at high school 20 odd years ago but um that was very basic uh, GCSE French um and you try and research who's responsible for French lighthouses and it's all in French so you have to translate it to read it and then you've got to contact somebody and I've tried to contact someone I had to register and then that was all in French and I had to fill in these questions and, and it just becomes impossible at that point. I think it would be tricky enough doing it in a country where, you know, the, the, you spoke the language, but trying to do it when you don't speak the language, it's nigh on impossible to, to do the research. 
That's it, isn't it? And and yeah. then the, and the thing mm. is too, it's it's hard to um, when you don't have surnames and things. That's the difficult yeah. part because Definitely. often the kids don't even have a name. So I'll pop all the details of the things that, that your little girl mm-hmm. remembers yeah. in my Facebook page so that if one, anyone yeah. wants to look at the actual facts that she remembers, I'll try and pull as much yeah. of it out as I can. <clears throat> if she says okay. anything else as well. I will let you know, yeah. If she oh, that would be fabulous. Else, I'll try and have, have a little chat. We haven't chatted about it since the, the day that I posted on, um, on the forum. So... I might just perhaps try and have a little talk to her and uh, yeah. just casually bring it in and see if we can get something how else. She, how old is she now? She's, she was six a couple of weeks ago. Okay, because you might find that she actually stops talking about it a bit now. Unfortunately, they, they usually once yeah. they get to about five to seven. She, I think the peak of her talking about it so I'm took my husband was it about when she was about four was the peak of her talking about it wasn't it yeah can so, you remember um, any of the other things she said no I mean it's always been those 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 facts. facts that I've told you there nothing's think like the arrows that's a, a recent addition and showing her the the picture that um of, sorry what Plumanche that's it yeah. Um, and that that obviously triggered the the bit about the bedrooms, right. um, but that's the the majority of the story. Um, initially, it was just the lighthouse family bit, and it was just like the the names. Then it then a little while later, it was that they died. You know what I mean? Then she was my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the story sort of. It hasn't changed from that. That's it's just those those facts that she that she says. Do you know what I mean? And right. Well, I mean that's the thing, and that's what shows that it's actually a memory and not and not imagination because the facts yeah. don't change. No, no, and yeah. very like I say, very rarely. If it was imagination. You would have imagined that the story would have been elaborated by now, wouldn't you? And and grown where. The only way it's grown is, is by really sort of tiny extra facts, isn't there's no uh, elaboration to it or anything else. So Yeah. When the kids are talking about it, they actually usually usually use a different voice to the voice they use when they play. Oh, so right. they were saying that oh, um yeah, because it's good to sort of mention these things because a lot of people out there probably have kids who are saying things and yeah. they're not really sure what to no, do about it all. So, but apparently that's one of the things that people say is that the kids often have, when they're playing, they'll, you know, oh, yeah, I'm a princess and, you know, we own a castle and yeah. we've got a horse and then I've got soldiers. But when they're actually talking about it, they sort of go, oh, yeah, when I died, I, I did this or when, you know. Yeah. And it's not exactly she plays she's got a frozen palace and a frozen dolls and when she's playing with them she puts on a voice and she's making up sort of the characters but she doesn't do that when she's telling her story it's just very sort of like normal normal speech sort of matter of fact it's, yeah as if she's just telling what you what she did at school yeah yeah, yeah. that's actually yeah. a very common pointer to it and that's what uh a lot of the parents say that's how they know because people often sort of say when you tell people my child is saying oh they're making it up you know or they're imagining yeah. or but um yeah. 
I don't I don't think it is imagination. I think they are definitely remembering, especially when you then talk to people who have memories that they've had all their lives. Um, like I've just spoken to another gentleman. Yeah. He remembered actually being a little girl who ended up being um, killed in a, a mudslide, basically, that went through a town oh. in La Crescenta in Los Angeles. He carried that with him all his life and he now has, like, depression and quite a few other problems. Yeah. He's got these memories of it. And when he was young... His stepfather wasn't really very approving of it and would shut him down. I, that's, I think, what made me start to think that I wanted to talk about it because I want people to be able to talk about um, what they're feeling and what they're remembering and, you know. I think there's a lot more people out there that have memories than we realise. I think most people say, oh, well, it's only a little thing. But in actual fact, I think that there are a lot of people who have it and don't talk about it because they're afraid they'll be ridiculed. Yeah. So I'm really, really glad that you've just kind of gone, oh, that's really interesting when she's talked about it because it gives yeah. the freedom to talk about it. It does. It does. And I think, like, well, you know, from what you were just saying about that that man, it's it's sad, isn't it, that it, it, it manifested like that. And perhaps if some, like, is they'd been more supportive of him, it, he would have been able to come to terms the, the interesting thing about it, like the kids like Marty Hammonds and, and even Jenny Cockle herself, when they, they actually then went and found the family and kind of interacted with them a bit and they gained closure from it. It became something yeah. that, and then they could get on with their, their, this life, you know, their life yeah. here now. And I think that's yeah. the thing. I think the trouble, with, if you try and repress it, like any memory, if you try and yeah. repress a bad memory, it affects the rest of your life. So yeah. I think it's really important to, to sort of, you know, recognise. Yeah. And I'm really glad she doesn't feel any fear because a lot of these kids, I often wonder yeah. if it's not like a form of PTSD because some of them yeah. who've died have died in quite tragic circumstances and they, yeah. they remember that. So, yeah. yeah. So. She's got no um, no fear of, you know, some... some um, kids I know when I was a child I was terrified of talking about death or thinking about death and um she's she's not got any of that this sounds horrible a brother hurt himself the other day he's like what had he done I know what he'd, he'd done now and she said oh do you think he'll die like really matter of fact <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well probably not you know hopefully not <laughs> but she's got no fear about that as whether that comes from that or <laughs> it probably does because if you if yeah. you remember that then you know you know that it's all all right and that things yeah. go on yeah that's it yeah that's so crazy. although it can be disconcerting to you as a as a mum <laughs> yeah definitely well this oh, has been dear. really really great so yeah, I'll go it's lovely to talk to you yeah same here thanks so much Sally you've been amazing no, I really appreciate no it worries. thanks for Looking into it. Thank you. So as you can see, Sally's daughter has some very specific memories that she hasn't altered in her conversations about them over the years. And Sally would dearly love to find out more information or explore the memories further. But how do you do that? If you don't live in France and you don't speak French, the chances of being able to find the information lessens greatly. And as Sally points out, 
Trying to traverse the administrative systems of local government is bad enough when it's on your home turf and you speak the language, but without those benefits you may as well use a dousing stick and read some tea leaves to find help because you're going to get about as much success. We've already heard some of the possible identifiers in Sally's story in that we have a family of five that lived in a lighthouse and were killed by arrows from the sky. There are a few other facts that I didn't make completely clear in the interview. So the lighthouse that we refer to as Plumanche is actually Plumenac Lighthouse in Brittany, France. My apologies for the mispronunciation, but it was a little while ago since I looked up the information. The reason we zoned in on this particular lighthouse is that it was destroyed by bombs in, I think, 1944 during the war and was rebuilt again after. There is another lighthouse that was destroyed in France as well, which is the Septil Lighthouse. In the forum we were talking in, I posted photos of both of these lighthouses after they were rebuilt, and I was also lucky enough to find a lithograph of the earlier lighthouse at Plumenac. As you heard me say in the interview, Sally's daughter recognised the earlier lighthouse, and it was from this picture that she was pointing out where everyone was sleeping and how the interior of the lighthouse was arranged. Another thing that came up in the forum that we didn't mention in the interview was that one of the other forum members asked Sally what kind of shoes everyone was wearing. And that's an interesting question to ask because shoe styles can be very indicative of a time period and a lot of places have their own fashions. So when Sally asked her little daughter, she replied that the shoes were brown and everybody's shoes were brown. I did a quick Google search for French shoes for the 40s and interestingly enough, most of the shoes were in fact brown or black. There were rare examples of coloured shoes, but they were definitely high fashion shoes, and I'm sure they would not have been common footwear around the beaches and cliffs of Brittany. Perhaps the shoes were brown because dyes would have been hard to get because of the war, perhaps, or maybe the dyes were seconded for other uses. I'm not sure, but nonetheless, it's a simple fact, but it does indeed tally with the time period being considered. So how do we find out more for Sally? This is where you, my loyal listeners, come into your own. Do you live in the Plumenach area? Do you have extensive knowledge of Plumenach? Or are you completely fascinated by lighthouses and know of another lighthouse that had a family of five living in it who were killed? Do you work in an area of government or with a library that has information about lighthouses that have been destroyed and rebuilt? Are you into genealogy and thinking those names sound familiar? Is there a family of five with the names of Lily, Theo, Theodore, Elise and George in your family tree? Did your parents talk about friends who were lighthouse keepers who died? Do you have an interest in the history of your town and anything in this information sounds familiar? Are you a local historian of your town and know of a lighthouse that was destroyed in France? Is there any way that you can provide information about Sally's daughter's memories? The information is out there. Somebody knows more about this unknown family and about what happened to them. I will list all of the things that Sally's daughter remembers on my Facebook post if you need to check back on them. And if you have any information you can pass on, please write to me at reincarnationplr at gmail.com. I'll be interested in it no matter when you hear these episodes. So if you're a new person coming and think, oh, they won't be interested because it's old. No, I will still be interested. So please contact me about it and I'll make sure the information gets to Sally. I'll be doing more of these unsolved cases as we go along, so keep listening and let's see if you can tap your inner historical detective and provide support information or closure on the unsolved cases. So thank you for listening to Reincarnation, Past Lives Revisited. We hope you enjoyed this case. 
If you have any interesting stories about reincarnation or if you can relate your own past life experiences, I'd love to hear about them. I can be reached by email at reincarnationplr at gmail.com or through my website reincarnationplr.com or actually I have a Facebook page as well and you can always log in there and it's Reincarnation Past Life Revisited and leave a message for me there too. If you'd like to keep up to date with my latest podcast posts, you can find most of the information on the Facebook page. We'll be back again soon with another episode, but until then, remember you are unique and your life has a purpose. Thank you.